Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. This spontaneous message was captured at the beginning of a house meeting after a beautiful time of worship and unity. I'm always amazed at how uniquely God speaks with each group, and I'm excited to share this word with you. For more information on how to host a house meeting, or just to check my travel schedule and see if I'm going to be in your area anytime soon, please go to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. And finally, if you haven't subscribed to my two podcast channels already, I invite you to do so. All right, let's get to the show. Sometimes, you know, I travel around and, and there are five people in a room and sometimes there's 150 and it doesn't matter, right? Like it doesn't matter because she's still worshiping to one. And at the end of the day, people in this room are probably going to receive ministry, but I'm not really ministering to you. I'm really just ministering to one. And so it doesn't matter, you know, everywhere we go, the people are a, a plus, but it's not why we're here, right? And I think sometimes, you know, we do have like hosts that are like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, there's not more people here. And I'm like, I, I am not bothered by this at all. We've traveled to Cleveland and ministered to six people. We've traveled to, it doesn't matter because I'm always in it for the one. I'm always in it for the one. And when I say one, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Jesus, right? I'm talking about the one. I'm here to minister to Jesus. And everything else is an overflow. And I can't help but think about in the Old Testament, it talks about the priests in the temple and it talks about how they cultivated the presence there was all these instructions that they were supposed to do to cultivate the presence of god they weren't supposed to let the incense they, were, they weren't supposed to let the light go out they weren't supposed to let the lamp go out the incense was to continue and all of these things were to cultivate the presence of the lord and the men the priests had one job and that was to minister to the presence of god and the presence of god would come into the temple so that the people would receive ministry from God himself. And that takes the pressure off, right? It takes the pressure off of me. It takes the pressure off of you because we're not here to minister to y'all. We're here to minister to God. And my job is to cultivate my relationship with the Lord, to be saturating myself in his love, to be glorifying in his presence. So when I come, and that's what made Paul's shadow so powerful, the presence, the, the countenance, there's so many passages in scripture that talk about the surging power of Jesus Christ and how when people were in the midst, they received healing. And, and that's what we are created and what we are designed to carry. Um, but these house meetings, oh gosh, I don't even know how they started. They started years ago, actually in Cincinnati. Um, really for me, the, the passion for me is to not just introduce people to Christ, but to introduce people to the Holy Spirit. And while I love leading people to the Lord, my passion is leading saved people who are still lost to the Holy Spirit and recognizing the power that we have to walk in victory over sin. And so when, when Jesus died on the cross, he delivered us from the penalty of sin. But all of life is us learning how to get delivered from the power of sin, right? And when we are glorified, we'll be delivered from the presence of sin. But all of this is about how do I overcome the power of sin, right? And the enemy will trip us up and he will say things, well, like, because you didn't overcome the power of sin, you must still be guilty of the penalty of sin. 
he'll say that means you're not saved. But we know that's not true. Once we've come into the, bapti or to the, the baptism of Jesus, and we've been saved from our sin, we've been delivered from the penalty of sin. But isn't it true that we still wrestle with the power of sin on this side of the cross? And so my desire is really to deliver the um, introduction of the power of God through the presence of the Holy Spirit. I went to church for a number of years and knew Jesus. I read the Bible, but I still deeply struggled with clinical depression and panic anxiety attacks. And I had no idea the power of the Holy Spirit to deliver me completely from that. At best, I had figured out how to manage it and fake it very well, right? And look like I was happy and say all the right things, like blessed and joy to the Lord <laughs> in my closet, right? And so I'm talking to some people in this room because we, we've all been there, right? And so I think I'm, I'm working on my eighth book right now, and it's called West Side Story. And one of the things I'm talking about is uh, just like the two and a half tribes who stayed in the east side of the Jordan didn't cross into the west side in the New Testament, that West Side story, the fullness that God has in mind for you is not a destiny, it's an identity. And that's what God has in mind for you. And I think as believers, we, le we have learned really well what it looks like to act like Jesus. And in doing so, so, we have given up the idea of becoming like him and actually walking like him. So today as I was reading some scripture, there's a couple passages of scripture that God um, laid on my heart and uh, for those of you who watch me, you know, I, I don't ever write messages for these things. I just trust the Holy Spirit to really just give a personalized message. But in John 6, 63, it's, Jesus is saying this to his disciples. He says, it is the Spirit who gives life, and that word Spirit is capitalized, meaning the Holy Spirit, the person of God. He's really speaking of himself because he was the Spirit present among the disciples. He said, the Spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing. So he's like, don't pay attention to my flesh. I want you to pay attention to the personhood who abides and resides within me, the spirit of the living God. And he says, because the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And what he was saying is my presence in and of itself carries this presence of life. It carries this ability to bring things to life, to resurrect things, that things that have been dead can be resurrected up. And then he goes on in John 14, and he says this, and I will pray to the Father and he will give you another. So he begins to, he begins to introduce to them, like, here I am and I am the Spirit, but pretty soon I'm going to leave, but I'm going to leave one with you. And so he says this, he will give to another the, the, the helper. Now I want you to hear this word another because sometimes the word another in the Greek means here's a chair and here's another chair. But that's not what this another means because you see there's differences between these two chairs, right? What this another means is here's a chair I am and here's another meaning exactly like me, another replica. So when he's saying the word another here, he's saying it's exactly like who I am. So he's saying he will send to me a helper, and a lot of, a lot of versions there say the advocate with a capital A. And what it is is the Greek word paraclete, which means one who will come alongside you, but it also denotes the idea of a legal advocate. Uh, hear me, a legal, meaning he, he is the seal that legalizes your entry into eternity. He goes on and says that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. 
whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you, and I will not leave you as orphans. Hear me. I need you to get this, because I believe that a lot of us have gotten saved, but we still live orphaned from the Father, because we haven't come to know the one, the legal advocate, the paraclete, the helper that is with you, the one who is like the other, as, as though the disciples, look, the disciples when they walked with Jesus, it was the first time the presence of God had been that intimate since the Garden of Eden. Just as Adam walked with God in the garden, Jesus manifested himself here on earth so that the disciples would walk with him in an intimacy. And he said, but that's not it. I'm going to leave and I'm going to leave another who's just like me who will walk with you and will restore the days of Eden. And I feel like a lot of us feel in this room like we've just been orphaned. We've been left alone to deal with our depression. We've been alone to deal with our family junk. We've been alone to deal with our anger. We've been alone to deal with our addiction, whatever it is. Going on, it says this. I'm in John 16 now. He was just introducing, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Now he's introducing that it's even something better than what I am. Adam had God. The disciples had Jesus. But it is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, capital H, meaning the another who is just like me, the paraclete who will come alongside of you, the one who will fill you and make you know that you are not alone and you are not orphaned, the other, the helper will not, will not come to you unless I go away. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And what I want you hearing is saying is what Adam experienced, what the disciples experienced, is readily available to each one of us in this room. To walk and to be and to have intimacy, you are not left alone. And the Holy Spirit was not an afterthought. In fact, he was there before the earth had shape and form. The Bible says before the earth became... The Holy Spirit hovered over the expanse of the earth, though it was void, though it was empty, though it was without form, though it was without shape. I don't know who I'm talking to in this room, but there are some things in our life, come on, that are still without form, and we're wondering what's going on in that place. That, that word there, the Holy Spirit hovered, a lot of times I like, to, I like to say hoovered, that he hoovered. It's like the idea of a hen who broods her eggs who hovers over her eggs knowing there's life inside of this shell. There's life in here. And that's what the Holy Spirit was doing is he was brooding over humanity. And when God began to speak, the Holy Spirit began to manifest. And that is the one who lives in us. Oh, I fear that we have cut him short. I think we don't talk about him enough. I think we talk about Jesus and I think we talk about God, but can we just talk about the Holy Spirit? Can we talk about the paraclete? Can we talk about your legal advocate that will grant you access when you stand before the Father? Because he will say, I have sealed this one until the day of Christ Jesus. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. 
but I don't want to just talk about him because Jesus didn't just talk about the kingdom. Jesus was a man of demonstration. He said the kingdom of heaven is like this. Now it's time for a demonstration. And he would begin to minister what it looks like. And a lot of us have a lot of information about God and we have a lot of information about Jesus. We have no idea what that looks like in our lives. We have no idea what the demonstration of the gifts look, look at like in our lives. I had a house meeting Friday night and the message that night was completely different. Always is. And, and, and one of the things I just kept saying was, where are all these signs and miracles that God talks about? Where are they? You know where they're at? They're inside of you. They're inside of you. And we've become a people of God at best. Some of us run from signs and miracles because we think it's weird. And the passage that I talked about was when they said, we have seen strange things. Yes, it's strange. It's unnatural. It's uncommon. It's contrary to what is acceptable. That's a paradox. It's the Greek word paradoxus is what it is. And so some of us run away from the gifts of the Spirit, and some of us chase them. But the Bible says this, those who believe signs will follow you. It's, it's neither running away nor is it chasing. It's living it and signs following you. It's I prayed for my daughter last night, and this morning she was healed. Come on, it's I prayed for my husband last night, and this morning... He confessed and repented. Come on. It's, I prayed for a job last night, and this morning I got that call. It's, I prayed for a shift in my finances, and this morning the mail came in. Come on. Whatever it is, it's living it. It's that you are the sign and the miracle because you live a life of belief and of faith. You live a life of belief and of faith. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.